Hi there, professionals. Thanks for joining me on my new exciting podcast series, Industry Insights with me, DPDS. This series will take a look at stories from entertainment industry professionals from all sectors of the industry. It will be compiled with various levels of experience and will really indulge in a journey of their careers and utilize their stories and experience to help influence current professionals in the industry or total newcomers wanting to get into the industry. If you are new here, thanks for joining us. I'm grateful to have you listening. If you enjoy the episode, please consider subscribing connect our community across social media for those that have been here before welcome back here's what we've got in store for you today well hello hello good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you may be in the world and welcome to industry insights with me dpds my new exciting podcast series um i am super thrilled and excited to welcome to the podcast today a dear friend of mine also um, has been a colleague um, it's a fantastic performer, professional, um, and now director level with lots of industry experience. Um, so please welcome to the show, uh, Judith Mulali, entertainment director. Hi, what an intro. What an intro. That goes wild. Yeah, I wish I had like some ambient clapping there behind me. I can clap for you. Thanks, babe. There, there we, we go. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. My now, name we, doesn't sound as cool as yours, though, like even abbreviations, just like JM. Yours is like yeah. DPD. Yeah, I was like, ooh, like I'm just, I'm, I'm just a fake, though, really. I acquired that name. My my original Jeffries wasn't so um, Didn't exotic. Have the own. Well, I'm just going to look <laughs> for a partner with a double barrel name as well and just keep my own and just be like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, get it. Brilliant. Um, well, welcome to the show. Thanks um, for having now, me. Now, just tell everyone where you are right now. Right now, I am in the sunny southeast of Ireland. So I'm uh, in Waterford, County Waterford, which is just down on the southeast coast of Ireland. Perfect. How's the weather there today? It actually is beautiful today, which I'm so excited about because I haven't been outside the door in three days because the weather's been terrible. So much rain, torrential. So today, sun is shining. I woke up, I said, yes. Perfect. Yeah, it's been really uh, hammering down. Yeah, it really has. It just stopped. So, uh, well, welcome to the show. Um, like I say, industry insights. Um, it's really me talking to different professionals throughout the, se- the sector to find out, you know, their stories, their experiences, and hopefully that can help um, either current professionals in the industry that may be looking to change path or you know want to grow and develop, or just you know listen to other people's stories, or maybe new professionals that have no idea of how to get into the industry or what's it about. Um, and, you know, find out some more information. So I am thrilled to find out your story. So just going to go through some questions sure. um, and, and see how we get on. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, great. Perfect. So if you could just start off by telling everyone, I know I mentioned your job role, but kind of what your current job role is uh, professional. I know we're in um, sort of a pandemic at the moment and we are kind of paused in the arts, but think of it as if that wasn't happening and what, where you are currently with your profession and what sector of the arts you currently work in. So I am currently, very luckily, um, an entertainment director for Carnival Cruise Lines. I've been with Carnival for a decade now, which has been really exciting. And I've worked my way up the ladder. I'm I'm new, I'm new to the role as um entertainment director. I've just uh, became ent- entertainment director last November. And then the pandemic did hit in March, but um I was starting to really come into my own, I feel, and really enjoy the role. And it was quite exciting that I had kind of made that next step, go to go from performer to then being on the other side to be to right. be an entertainment director. Yeah. 
so you made that that kind you were a full-time uh i was a full-time singer and dancer prior to that yes with the switch over perfect so you're kind of working in that uh cruise industry travel uh sector of of performing arts i suppose is is what we would call it yeah um okay great uh and like i say that's how i know judith um met her through working uh for carnival cruise line um and it's been a fantastic friendship and partnership since we met so i'm very thrilled that that brought us together yeah um so going back obviously let's talk a little bit about uh, obviously you mentioned that you'd worked uh, for a decade for that company um kind of go back let's go back to kind of where it all began talk to me um about you know education or training um and how you got started within the entertainment industry yeah sure you know it's interesting Ireland is really renowned for like having a lot of singers and storytellers and songwriters and it's big kind of from the cultural um, aspect but when I when I left school at 18 there was not really many platforms that you could say right I'm going to become a professional singer that's not really how it worked but um, I remember leaving school and I was like what do I want to do and I actually was going to um, do a course in psychology and then I heard about, I don't know how I heard about it, but I randomly heard about this course in Cork in County Ireland that were doing funda- foundation level courses in drama and dance. And I said to okay. my parents, I was like, I really want to, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I didn't know how I was going to become the professional singer I wanted to be or become a professional performer. But I was like, I, I just knew my heart was in it. So I went to the audition and oh my God, I'd never done a ballet class in my life. I've been involved in different things when I was younger. I was all, like, I was in the local choir and I was in like different stage schools that were kind of um, dispersed around Waterford, which is a small enough county. And then um, I went to this audition, ballet, everything, never, did not have a clue. My mum came to collect me after the audition and I threw myself into the back of the car, started crying. I was like, I'm never going to get it. My life's over. Real dramatic. Did you have to wear, did you have to wear a tutu or anything? Oh, so this, is story behind this as well. I wore black leggings and this black top, but I had these fluorescent orange like shorts I don't know thought yeah. I thought I was like this will really make me stand out and look cool I actually look like a dope but my um, <laughs> some of my now best friends were in that audition with me and my best friend now would say Malali that was a little tutu and I was like it wasn't it was little orange <laughs> shorts she was like I remember looking at you going who's your one thing she is <laughs> but That's hilarious. it is and I got into that course and I did two years there in a foundation what, what, course. What what was the name of the, the school that you studied at? Uh, Colosh de Stefan Um okay. so uh and I trained at the Firk and Crane, which is a really small place in Cork. And there was a very small group of us. Um after I finished uh, my course in Cork in Ireland, I auditioned for bodywork in Cambridge. And five of us from the course in Ireland all then continued our training and did a musical theatre performing arts course in bodywork in Cambridge. And that's actually where Caroline Flat trained as well, just to make it maybe more okay. familiar for people <clears throat> and was that a, a musical theatre degree course that you studied I did a musical theatre diploma course there diploma. yeah okay level six I got after that and I did three years there and then from there just went out into the the big bad world and that the course that you did so obviously you spoke about musical theatre is for anyone that may be new to to what um, a course would be if they're looking to study what is made up of that course so within that course we got divided into whether you wanted to specify on being a professional dancer or if you wanted to be what's known as a triple threat so if you wanted to Ooh, yeah triple, triple threat. threat 
So if you were lucky enough that you, you know, um, had ambitions to be a singer, also a dancer and that you could act so that they were really trying to hone in on all that. So that was really my passion, just all three combined together. Um, so that's what I did for the three years was specifically in musical theatre and became a triple threat. <laughs> Perfect. Triple threats. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, triple threats uh, in a in a, a little yeah. while and what that means for, you know, gaining employment in the industry yeah. or kind of what realm to move into. Um, so you did your training um, and then like, what what was it then? Did you have advice or were you... I was really lucky, actually. I... I... I, when I worked really hard, like everyone does, if you go into something that you're passionate about, like I really threw myself into it and I was surrounded by um, very like-minded people as well. Do you know, like everyone in my class and in my year, we were the same energy. We wanted the same things. So we all really pushed each other. So we were very driven. Um, but I was very lucky when I first graduated, I got a job straight from college and I worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company and okay. I worked with Lynn Page. So um, Lynn Page is quite a, a renowned choreographer. She did Our House in the West End. I did a show uh, called Dr. Foster with the Royal Shakespeare Company. And that was at the Chocolate Factory, which is just a fringe little theatre on the outskirts of um, the West End in London. So that was my very first job, which was very exciting. Great. So and that was through through your school. So you, you did you find that work yourself or were you starting to work with an agent? What, oh, sorry. How, uh, Lynn, um, Lynn Page came to uh, audition at the at my yeah. school and I got chosen through Lynn Page. So directly through, through her. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So then obviously you did that and then moving into the industry of kind of when that finished, what was your what what you what did you think you were going to move into and and where was your kind of thought of okay this is where I want to go with my career or I got an yeah I got an agent as well from um we did a production of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers in my final year in college and I was the lead in that and agents came to see it and I was really lucky to get an like a really good West End agent from that which was fantastic Great. and it just gave me so many opportunities. I was 23 and I was being sent for every audition possible on the West End. Um, and I, That's yeah, great. it was great. It was fantastic that I had so many opportunities. There was a downside to it that I wasn't possibly right for all of the roles that I was going for. So those just, yeah. It, in what regards would you say that you maybe weren't right for those I roles? I wasn't typecast. I wasn't, the, I wasn't the genre. I wasn't the right person that they were looking for. I understand from my agent's perspective, she was like, get as much experience as you can, you know, and go for all of these roles. But really, but looking back on it, it didn't help me because it actually, it hindered me. I think I came out from being very successful from college, went to all of these auditions, and really probably 70% of them weren't right for exactly the type of performer I was or weren't, I wasn't the right voice type or et cetera, et cetera. Many reasons why they didn't work, but it, it kind of affected my confidence because I was getting no's. It was like, no. Right. And really it wasn't the, that I wasn't talented. I just wasn't the right fit for what they were looking for, for some of those things. Like I, I got down to, I re-auditioned for We Will Rock You many, many times. I auditioned in front of Brian May and made an absolute mare out of it. I forgot the words of the song <laughs> and everything. And there were re I auditioned for a Rod Stewart musical. I got that actually through um, the Dr. Foster, the Royal Shakespeare uh, job that I did. I got an audition for the Rod Stewart musical and they just beelined me in kind of to some of the last auditions, did really well. And then like my confidence just got in the way. I lost confidence and just 
yeah, I just was. I, it, it's it hard, difficult. right? Uh, any, anyone that's not been on the audition circuit or is new to it or coming, you know, maybe leaving college or whatever soon and thinking about how, how it is. Um, I think a, a question that I've asked or talked about a lot over the years is, um, you know, setting uh, students or professionals up for success and I, I'm kind of asking this question to a lot of my guests is when they did study uh, obviously you said you were really successful in school and um, you know were getting a lot of the lead roles and then however when you went out into the actual industry uh, you know it is very job specific role specific yes. how do you think um, you know uh, colleges universities musical theatre schools can maybe set performers up because you said obviously that had a, a role on effect on your really did. uh hearing notes what what do you think maybe could be improved in that area or, or what did what was lacking for you that maybe would have helped you um you know not lose your confidence as i much? think on both sides like from the college perspective and also from the individual that is um auditioning it's really important as a performer that you know exactly who you are, you know exactly who, you're, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and I feel like in college as well, three years is not that um, a long amount of time, and they're really just trying to get the best out of everyone and just give so much information. I think it would be beneficial, possibly like in the second year, to be like, okay, we feel like this really is your strength, like this, not to pigeonhole people, but just so that they understand, okay these might be the roles that would be really great for you, like really focus on you know, contemporary pop or you should really stay in like strict, like old style West End, like the older right. type musicals. You know, I just think like some training on that would be really beneficial as well. So do you think to be more like more, obviously it's great to have a, a good overall Absolutely. round um, of, of every of discipline. But like you say, I suppose when you do move in into the industry, you know what your strengths are or eventually you do. And you could probably spend more time and hone in on those skills on the, that last period or let's like, say second, third year to be able to be better prepared or be role specific yeah, for when I, you go I definitely into the think industry so, or else you just definitely have the knowledge when you're going to some of these auditions that okay I might not possibly be exactly what they're looking for but the, I'm going for good experience exposure the dance class whatever it may be but like going in there with knowledge is yeah. power it really is you know and kind of knowing exactly where you stand and people could argue that I should have known for myself but I just when I got out there I was like okay yeah I'm just gonna go for everything and then I was like oh I wasn't used to being rejected I wasn't used to not getting praise or getting yes. great feedback that affected me and obviously I think you're I don't know whether you agree with this I always felt like the audition is is the job is the hard part oh, is the absolutely. work if you get if you get the job that's like a be a benefit of it i always felt like the actual real work of the industry is the auditions like you need to be prepared and i i lacked that sometimes i think i would get a casting and rock up and sing the wrong song or i'd have the wrong look um and i think that was what was important for me to have that an agent actually at the time when i wanted to do musical theater was like okay you need to change your hair like i had this like, blonde hair with like this mullet thing at the back and he's not, like, that's yeah. just not a leading man um and i'd be like well it's so cool but at the same time i wanted to pursue pop music and i thought it's a yes. pop star and all this kind of stuff so i think um, you've made I such think it's very a beneficial it's about as well as a performer, we have to be chameleons. And you're like, okay, if you are a complete all-rounder, then it is your job. You're going into every audition saying, I know I could get this job from a talent perspective. Now I need to make myself presentable in a way that I fit the mold of yes. what they want. And I think, you know, I probably yeah. will have to be like, you know what, maybe I didn't do that either. Is enough. 
for what I could have done. Yeah. And I think if I had the had that time again, I would definitely redo that yeah. a lot differently. I think actually applies to any really job, does. even now. In the pandemic, like obviously I've come home and I'm having to work in a different industry. Um, and, you know, I just gave my resume and it's quite obviously entertainment orientated. And I was like, why am I not getting interviews? Until I thought, well, I need to be specific to this role and cater my what I, you know, my skills and what I've done to mirror that. Do you and lie when that happens, you <laughs> didn't lie on my CV. <laughs> But you just, you know, if you're, like I say, right now I'm working in a a role that's very health and safety um, related, it's taking those transferable skills from my old role and making them look. So if you can do that again when you're auditioning and for a role, you know, if you're going for a role in, you know, The Lion King, you need to think about what that role is and and be prepared and have the right book and repertoire. Yeah, I think like um, audition preparation is something that could get a little bit more focus in college also. For sure. Yeah. How, how would you, what's your advice to people? Um, like you said, your, your confidence was knocked when you do get no's. Um, like like any industry are, is that we're just, you know, putting ourselves out there, standing up there, you know, warts and all, singing, dancing. Um, and then you're told, no, not good enough. Um, is it no, I, you're yeah. not good enough? Or is it what we've talked about? You're not that's right That's exactly that what I was going to jump in there because I think that's the automatic. Because we are putting ourselves out there and it's a, it's a very ego-driven profession that we're in and then someone says no so automatically you're like oh god I'm not good enough but it's really it's like okay no what can I do what can I learn from that situation what can I take on board that's going to better me rather than beating yourself up that you're like questioning your talent or questioning yourself whether you've put yourself into the right profession it really like like any profession or anything that you really want it's hard work of course it is but to not become defeatist or think that you aren't good enough yeah and that's the thing. Uh, I talked to somebody else uh, this week as well. It's about perseverance, yes. I find as well. But it's very hard when you're an oh, 18 God, year old yeah. um, without experience. Like now I have that experience. But at the time, you know, I would take it personally. Why have I not got this job? And it took me to really think about, OK, why didn't I get it? What can I do? And I remember like um, I, I worked for Royal uh, Caribbean for a time, but it took me three attempts at that audition to get through. Like the first time I was like, okay, well, maybe my look wasn't right. I didn't sing the right songs. Um, and each time I learned something or I got a step further and took that away and thought, okay, now how can I better prepare? And I think I would, that's the advice I'd love to give, you know, anyone new into auditioning, just, you know, keep persevering, think I, right, um, and, and don't take it I personally. I did really let it affect me. I remember I stopped going. Um, I stopped going to auditions I and it broke me a little bit for about a year and I remember I was like no I don't you know someone would say oh there's that audition but oh I can't because of work I started making excuses you know and I was like and then after a while I was like you are here like to follow what you've trained to do you're not here to work in this job like you know so stop making excuses hold yourself accountable and get yourself back out there and that's when I auditioned for um <clears throat> on the same day I auditioned for two cruise companies um for Thompson and for Carnival and I got the job for both after yeah amazing but it did it did knock me and it took me a while to kind of refine that strength within myself to be like okay 
I think a, a subject I we could talk about auditioning and all of that all day long because I think it's such a massive realm of of the industry. Um, for people, say you know, schools, colleges, they do churn out so many performers every year, and there's only a handful of jobs, right? In in the broad spectrum of it, there's only specific jobs, and like I say, you kind of have to be role specific. You know, I wasn't necessarily the best singer or the best dancer, uh, but I made it work for what, you know, my skill set was and luckily managed to find, you know, a career um, within cruising or productions, whatever it was. What would your advice kind of be for people who may not be the strongest in those things and are out in the industry and really after quite a long time of giving it a go of trying, like, I'm just not making it in musicals and stuff. What would your advice be to somebody that is struggling, um, you know, to get work? I think as well, like, as you said, there are kind of only um, a minority of roles at times for you to go. And also then we are all trying to be a certain look or be that certain type of person. I think what I, looking back on myself, what's really been my strongest strength is my, when I'm authentically myself. So the being like the authentic, right. authenticity that you will bring to a job. And also from doing uh, specific jobs over the past 13 years or so, is that there's so much more to us than just being a fantastic singer or a fantastic dancer or the best in those realms. Like, in so many jobs now, who you are and what you bring to the table as a team player and to your particular team and who you are on stage and who you are possibly with the guests that you might meet after a show. All of those things are really important as well. So being just true to yourself and bringing that to the table. So um, you're, well, obviously when you, you talked about psychology, was that kind of what you wanted to do before thinking about the other like When you were little, what did you always aspire to be when I, you grew um, up? I did always want to be a singer. Like I did always want to be a singer. I didn't know how I was going to be a singer or a dancer, but I just always saw myself as being a singer or a dancer. But when I was in school, as I said, it wasn't really a tangible or attainable career. And definitely it it wasn't a career. It wasn't mentioned as a career. You're going to be a singer or a dancer? What? Like, no. Um, So I, yeah, I was going to pursue psychology because I've always really been interested in the behavior of people. And I'm naturally quite, um, I'm naturally an empath and I want to help or I want to fix situations that just felt like a natural road for me to go down. I've been trying to advocate now for a couple of years, um, you know, definitely on on board cruise ships and just in every every job that there should be um, a good platform for people with mental health um, within their professions, that they have somewhere to go, that everyone feels supported. And I just really wanted to inform myself on uh, those particular issues so I started this course and I'm really excited to see where it could go and I'm also working with um, a charity here a really special charity called the Shona Project which is all about empowering teenage girls which I think is just incredible they go into schools and um, they're giving talks about things like empowering themselves and about bullying and cyberbullying and body dysmorphia and anxiety and just things that I feel like right we're just we ne- I never had anything like that. Well, good luck with that. I Thank know you. that you'll be amazing. Um, going back a little bit, you spoke about obviously when you were young, when I asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up, you were like, oh, you know, it wasn't obtainable. That's kind of a question that I have. Uh, same for me. I don't know how they do it now. But when I was, you know, I was always singing, dancing, I wanted to do performing arts. Um, and I remember having a a conversation with like a careers advisor before you leave school. So yeah, you do, do they yeah. come and speak to you. Um, and I remember saying, no, I just like, I want to be a, a singer. 
uh, performer and they kept being like okay like and it would kind of trying to deter me or steer me in a definitely highlight that you know, it's not a sustainable career and i should be trying to get a degree in this yada 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 and i just remember being like no yeah this which is, is amazing that you had um, that strength because i went to my career guidance as well and she was just like you know steer me in the direction of a business degree and i'm like oh, i don't really see myself getting a business degree not that there's anything wrong with that but that's just not where my passion lay i didn't feel like that was my purpose but i was very lucky from the and point that, of view that my parents were so supportive so supportive, supportive. yeah yeah it makes it makes a difference so a question i'm asking yeah. throughout this series um uh, regarding entertainment especially being kind of relevant now within this pause that we have um there's a lot of common myths around entertainment jobs as not being real careers which we kind of just spoke about um you know the career person like, oh, why don't you try this um so you've kind of already touched on oh, you've yeah. experienced that what would you what would you do in 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 addressing that when people say you know it's not a real career when you're going to get a real job how would you go about kind of debunking those myths and rumors and and maybe elaborate on maybe another experience i think as well it's interesting that. sometimes when somebody says you can't or you won't it's about the narrative that you place in your own mind and the power of saying i will i will <laughs> i will do this you know what i mean and <laughs> i think as well across the board from all the performers that I've worked, there's a real strength within everybody because at one point or another in every single person's career, for the most part, they've been told you can't, that's not, when are you going to get a real job? That's not a real career. You know, even I've been away and working on cruise ships for 13 years and people would say to me, oh, it's not real life. Like, but like, what are you going to do? And I'm thinking, right. I am having the time of my life and this is my real life you know and I'm like well I think personally from my perspective in 13 years I've like really worked my way up the ladder and a corporate ladder like Carnival is a massive corporate business and there's some fantastic opportunities so many areas for growth and I you know and I'm just like when someone right. says that's not a real job it's why, why, why do you think that is it? Like, that's the, like, I'm trying to understand. Like, it's still, you, it doesn't happen anymore. now, kind of at a level, like you say, I've, I've worked my way to a position where all of a sudden my grandma's like, okay, that makes sense. But for years and years, she'd still be like, you know, when are you going to come home and get I a real know. job and settle down? And it was kind of difficult for that, maybe that generation to understand. But I just still trying to figure out, like, why do people have I think this, as well, uh, conception? I, I think it's there's not power as job. well. Like, as a performer, part of our job is while we're on stage, it's part of our job to make it look easy. And also, yeah. we love it. We love what we're doing. So unfortunately, in society, a lot of people aren't doing the jobs that they love. So they look and they, at us and we're like singing and we're dancing. And we're having a great time all the time. And they're like, that's not a real job. But like, you know, as Confucius yeah. said, like, get a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You know what I mean? But like for a lot of people, right. that's not the generalization there. They've had to work really hard and, you know, it's always like it's a slog. Yes, we worked hard, but we love it. So I think there's just a perception behind performing that it's just, oh, that's not a real job because they may possibly see it as that we're not really working to the same standard as they are. But really, we are. Yeah. 
And it's really interesting. I like I remember at school, you know, I was pretty much the only boy that used to sing and was in the choir and and dance and you know took took a a hard time with that. And now, um, obviously, I've been successful throughout the decades of working and traveling and all these great experiences. And now I have people, you know, message me out of the blue, being like, "Wow, that's amazing!" and commenting on maybe videos or singing that I'm posted. So I know people change, people develop, but it's just sometimes. That's oh, a hard it is a to hard swallow, to swallow. Well. when people mm. don't like the, they don't rate what you're doing or they don't see any value behind what you're doing. But I've definitely learned over the years, you know, I'm like, you know, you got a good friend of mine would all say you got to stay in your own lane, you know, and I know I yeah. know how hard I've worked. I know that I have definitely had a real job and a real career. And throughout my career, I've had so many, like many more ups than there's been downs and created some amazing friendships and been around the world. So I'm like, it can't be any more real for me than what's, you know. Right. So for someone looking to make a, like a lifelong career within the arts, um, so your advice to them, is that feasible, feasible. What, what would you say? attainable. Okay, at the moment, it may not seem like it's it's that attainable, but there's always, like, I think as well, like, arts, and um, it's just, it's the heart of everything, really. Like, people need music. We need dance. We need performers. We, we need choreographers with their new ideas. We need directors. We need lighting artists. We need sound. But there's so many roads that you can go down that are, they are tangible, they are attainable, and they are definitely things that are going to make a great career for you as well yeah absolutely so if you are listening uh what go for it yeah and once we get back into the swing of things there's so many opportunities and you know as judith said the arts is always there and i think people sometimes take it for granted you turn on the tv you turn on the radio you watch that's that's arts that's entertainment without any music you know like Thank Thank, you, thankful Netflix. for Netflix. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks for that. Um, I think that gives a great scope of, of kind of what we talked about it with that. But it's a really interesting question that I'm yeah. liking to ask everyone. Um, so talking about challenges yeah. throughout your career so far, um, has there been any, you know, big hurdles or challenges you face in, you know, how would you overcome them? How did you um, overcome them? I did face them? some challenges initially when I first came out of college also because I, I'm tall and I was never going to be a chorus girl. So I was always going for lead roles. Um, and that just made my my chances lower. Do you know what I mean? I'm five foot nine. How, how tall are you, Judith? Okay. And so with, with, if, with heels, God, you'd be how tall? Oh, like, so. I don't know. Tall, anyway. <laughs> so many so many of my leading men are like, oh, for God's sake. I'm like, get a Cuban, on, a Cuban heel on them now and off we go. <laughs> I'm tall. And I used to always turn up to the first day of rehearsal. And if, say, it was just, uh, you know, working with another lead singer, I would always think, <laughs> please be tall. And, you know, it's interesting. My height has been a blessing and a curse. More so a blessing. But I remember I uh, was auditioning for a new... Um, a new set of shows that Carnival had put together. It was very, very exciting. And um, I auditioned for to be in the inaugural cast. And I got like so far in the auditions. And then I remember getting a phone call from the then casting uh, director of the shows. And he just said to me, you know, yeah, you know, you were great. And it was a great audition and everything. He's like, you're just too tall. And I was like, okay. I was really taken back and I was really disappointed. And then after I finished my that current contract, 
I didn't re-audition for the next set of shows. And he rang me and said, why didn't you, why didn't you audition? And I said, I thought I was too tall. <laughs> like he said to me, he said to me, your legs are too long and you, um, your presence is too much. That's, those were his words. And I was like, okay. And then it turned out that that was everything that those, I did eventually, I went back and auditioned and I did eventually get those shows. And then that was everything that they needed and wanted from me was for my presence. Yeah. I mean, how, how, <laughs> how do you overcome something like yeah. that? Obviously you can't yeah. suddenly make yourself shorter. Um, so you either, you just have, <laughs> what do you do? Is, you just keep I going tried. until they say, no, actually, you're going to fit with a certain gonna fit, cast You're going to fit somewhere. There's going to be something that's exactly right for you. I tried to emulate so many different looks with my hair, with, every, you know, who, who I was trying to sing like and sound like and doing that in auditions and wearing different things. And then I was like, just need to be, I, I've touched on it already, but being your authentic self, bringing yourself to that, you will be right for something. Like you said, you can't make yourself five foot three if you're five foot nine or vice versa. You know, when it's just embracing that and owning that as your strength, it will work. I I know. I remember back in the in the day at auditions, maybe some dancers were too short or too tall, and they would maybe change it on their resume and then wear a heel. But they're like, finally, when you get to the casting, minute. and they're like, yeah, they're okay, like, no, you're not quite that height. But to get to get the course. audition, you would do or you're like um, to, language you know. required. You're like, Tick, and you get in there, and they're speaking shit, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, fluid Spanish. Oh, and they're like, could you this read this? I'm just going to go. Good chat. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's great advice. You're welcome. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, so influencers throughout your career. Um, there's always been someone, you know, throughout my career that has helped yeah. me along the way or, or inspired me to do better or, you know, grow. Um, and I really wanted to ask you, you know, have there been uh, anyone that's really influenced you throughout your career? It could be the early, it could yeah. be now or, or whatever. And just tell me, you know, how they've helped you become the uh, professional yeah, I've had many you are people today. And I've been really, really lucky along the way. Like I call them like my guardian angels, because sometimes it's just amazing that people can see something in you that you just, for whatever reason and whatever time in your life, you just cannot see in yourself. You know, and it's like uh, those sort mm -hmm. of people who just, this, they gave me so much confidence. Like I, when I was in school, <clears throat> I always, I personally have always struggled with confidence. When I'm on stage, you might not think that, but like when I was growing up and even when I was in training, I really struggled in finding that belief within myself. But I had a lot of people along the way in every, in every, in every part of my life, I've had people that just have believed in me. And have pushed me and have thought and really have always seen something in me, a light in me that they've just believed in me. So I had somebody when I was in when I was 16 and in school, there was a guy, um, they were in a band and I used to go watch them in the band and I just loved them. I'd be singing along with them, total groupie. And um, he would always get me up to sing. He would get me up to sing with them. And then he brought me like and he was doing singing lessons with me in his house. And then like he'd collect me when they were going to gigs and he'd get me up as one of their special guests. And they were like. The that was the first time I'd ever sung like with a band behind me and by myself. And that kind of gave me the confidence as well to even go for that audition in Cork. Because I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. He was the first person who brought me to um, a talent competition and I won it. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, I told you. And so that, you know, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, do, you, do you remember and, his name? Um, Corcoran. Yeah. John Cor Corcoran. Corcoran. Hey, he's not from Cork. He's from Cork. Cork. 
and he's still in a band. Okay. He's a great singer <laughs> and performer. And well, if he's listening to this, oh, thank you for that because he you've, did. Uh, yeah, he helped did help Judith me so lot. much, and he helped me to kind of see something in myself that I hadn't seen, and it re- it released this like unleashed this beast of I was like, oh my god, it's all I want to do. Just from that small little one time getting up singing with him in a in a pub in like a small little pub here in Waterford, and I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Um, do, do, you, do you think entertainers, uh, you know, performers, singers, dancers, whatever sector they're in, um, struggle to ask for help and guidance? Do, do they have to, is it a common thing that we all think that, no, I'm, I've got, I don't want to ask for, but it kind of or it makes, makes me look like, look like I'm not like, good yeah, enough. That you, um, that you don't know what you're doing or that you feel yourself that it's unattainable for you, etc. But I think, oh my God, ask for help. Ask the questions, the people that have had some experience, yeah. the people that have done the path before yeah. you, they've carved it out for us already, you know, and created that the arts now is an att- a massively attainable career. And there's so many options for different people, but they have the experience. Ask those questions. We would love if anyone asked, asked me, I'd be like, oh, okay, Here's some advice. Yeah. Here's some tips. Let me let me help you for that specific audition, or or I know this person, or guide you in the right direction. Everyone should be sharing that knowledge. It's yeah, it's. And that's what I like about your role now. My role is uh, being able to do that, right? Give constructive feedback and support and advice. It might not always be the right thing, but it's always worth exploring those different yes. avenues. Think, okay, maybe I could do it better that way. And let's have a listen. It might not um, and go back, but I think it's being open. And I think that is a big point that I want to make throughout this series to anyone in the arts is just to be open to uh, positive change or feedback and being influenced by others to be the best version of yourself. And something that you just said there, I'm just going to piggyback onto it, is that you said it's being open to feedback and having them um, in your mind, allowing yourself to understand that this is feedback. It's not a negative criticism. They want me to just maybe try something, be open to it could be better or just to try something new. Just allow yourself to be open to feedback. Yeah. Do you think that the pandemic uh, with this big pause in, in you know, the arts when people do go back to their, their roles and they get back into uh, the job that they did before, there's going to be a different outlook and, yes. and kind of a, appreciation a for what they did? I think there's going to be a different hunger. I think there's going to be the passion. I think the creativity that's going to come from this is going to be overflowing. It's going to be huge. It's going to be inspiring. I feel people are going to come back and be like, oh, you know, oh God, I've missed this so much. And people have been so creative and productive during this time, right? I've really, even myself, you know, I'm now doing something like this or I've been uh, releasing covers and songs and just trying to find that outlet. It's been really great. Um, It's been really, great. I'm just going to try to sing here now because I think it's really important, but I'm working actually on um, Ireland's first regional wellness festival. And it's going to launch in March, March 8th, Women's Independence Day. Go, ladies. Um, and yes, and I'm really excited. Yes. And <laughs> seeing it's all coming together now and seeing all of these amazing, inspiring women like working together collectively to try and bring something to the like young women of Ireland within this pandemic. I just I'm so inspired by it. It's just really, really exciting. Yeah. That's amazing, and we'll, if you would allow me, I will share those the details of that absolutely. Um, in uh, the post absolutely. so they can follow I think it's and, open and take a to look so at many all people. of that as well. It's a really That'd inspiring page on Instagram as well for you just to go and have a look. Every day, there's always something 
knowledgeable and inspirational. So, yeah, I'd love that. That'd be great. Thanks. Brilliant. Uh, Judith, what would you say that your greatest professional mm. achievement thus far is? I mean, I definitely have a couple of uh, standout points and they were all at that time in my career were like, oh my God, me getting Carnival was a massive thing for me because being this little girl from a small little village in Ireland, then I remember when I got the phone call to say that I'd gotten the job for Carnival to go to America and to work as a production singer, a lead singer in a show that was... It was huge for me. It really was. It was really, really, really big for me. Um, so that's a definite standout moment. And actually becoming entertainment director in the latter few years, that was a really, really massive achievement for me as well. So both of those. Yeah, very good. I mean, it just, it just goes to show you, if you're listening, yeah. you, the, the world is your oyster. Like I say, Judith, myself, we started as performers and, you know, started to work through, become managers. And then now, you know, a, a director level looking after and the well-being of, you know, performers and people and a product, um, you know, yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm that's a great achievement. Well done, it Judith. is attainable. <laughs> You're like, thanks, babes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is. You just need to work hard, um, you know, and be positive and be productive and, and no. be there. It's, it doesn't always happen overnight. Um, but if you yeah, keep it is going, so interesting. you'll you know, make it. I think we all kind of have an idealism of how you see yourself going or where your career is going to go. And entertainment director was it? I it just wasn't in in my it wasn't on my radar. And then some, you know, a couple of people. It was one year, and a couple of people kept saying to me, and "I was like, oh, really? Oh, really?" And now I just, I yeah, it's just fantastic. It's amazing. So thing, yeah, yeah great things are out there. And I remember when you first started, uh, you know, we're talking about believing in yourself yeah. and you probably did have a wobble a little bit, oh my God. a little bit yeah. like, I have no idea what's happening. And I just be like, you've got this, you, you've been given the role for a reason. You've got those skills and it's just, it's just like it just anything. Honing. It takes time to really learn it. It was just honing uh, in on the really skills required for my particular role now as entertainment director and taking what I had been as played as cast manager and using some of those roles, but also it was a learning curve and learning so much more. The job really for me, the biggest part that I love and enjoy about it is the people. And that's like learning about people and how can you help or guide them? So it, it's a fun, yeah, I'm still on a journey, you know, it's still mm -hmm. so new for me and I have a lot to learn, but th like new things, you, you can learn them. That's the thing. You will learn them over time. And you gave me great advice. You were like, look, it will come. Just be patient, have some time. And it will all fall into place. Yeah. I remember, remember the first time yeah. sitting in, in the seat. And thinking, breathe. <sighs> and <laughs> breathe. Yes. And breathe. Um, but you do, you're doing a great job, Judith. And I'm, oh, I'm sure everyone can Thank wait you. for you yeah. to get back and uh, be leading them. So that's one of the highs, obviously, mm. a great achievement that, that you've done. Um, what about a difficult time in the yeah, issues? Is there ever a time that it was difficult that, that you well. thought? Like, I mean, when I was living in London and I had, was getting a lot of rejection and I, as I said, I kind of gave up for a year. That was a very difficult time. And then um, another difficult time was uh, when I, I fell during a performance. I, I'm not laughing at that. Um, <laughs> that was kind of odd that I laughed there. Um, <laughs> I'm like, ha ha. Um, no, um, I fell and I um, got really badly injured and had to have back surgery. And I had just, um, I had just kind of gotten my dream job within Carnival, within the new playlist shows. And I was doing an install of a brand new, um, brand new show on one of the ships. 
and it was all very, very exciting. And I had a great team. Like I had never ruined the cast that I just, I was like, wow, we all really gelled, had each other's back, best friends, so much fun. I was all positive, positive, positive. And then I fell and um, I kind of thought it was all over. And that was a real, that was a real low for me. Um, right. Did you, yeah. when, when that happened, did you think I did, I thought it. that I'm, was I'm it. And I remember thinking, again. oh my goodness, like, I was on board the ship uh, for a few days after I had the accident and then they were like, no, we need to get you off. And as soon as I got off, they did surgery on me the next day in, and I was in Florida and I couldn't wow. go home. So I was like by myself um, in a hotel room. Now, some of the carnival um, supervisors and friends that were in Florida at the time were amazing and all came to see me Well, after I'd had my surgery and looked after me really well. And then I flew home to Ireland and I remember thinking, oh my God, I wonder if I'll ever get back to performing or ever get back to the States. And I was like, it kind of crushed me. And I, but it also brought out this fight in me where I do, because I knew that I really wanted to get back to performing. And it was within, you know, my grasp if I just did the right things. So for three months, I, um, I swam every single day to build strength. And I also was doing physio then sometimes three times a week, seeing somebody just to get me to make sure I was doing different exercises every single day besides for my swimming as well. And I did get back. And um, yeah, so that that was a low. That was a low where I was like, oh, no, what's my future going to hold? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So advice for people. I mean, I've had a few injuries over the years, whether it be like a broken ankle or a wrist or, yeah. you know, to hit my shoulder and all these kind of things. Um, a bit like you definitely went through those sorts of thinking oh I think this is it and I remember you know the surgeon with my hand being yeah. like yeah you're not going to play tennis again or you're not going to be able to do this with your wrist and thinking well this is all I know what I'm going to do so I think the takeaway from from that your story uh, and anybody else that's had injuries and is still performing yes. that you know take some time look after yourself and, and you also can look get after back your to body and, and you will I think as um, well like you know it as you said it is like there's a great impact it's like highly demanding it's very physical if you're a performer and there is like a big expectation and um just to look after yourselves you know it's your tool it's right, your your, bo your body is yeah. your tool yeah. oh, great we could all right well i feel like me and you could talk for hours and hours um but we are <laughs> We are, yeah, scratching the surface here. And I think uh, it's been fantastic to hear about your story. So many great things. To finish off our interview, I kind of wanted to um, kind of just ask you a few questions. It gives maybe a bit of advice to people or, or some insights to maybe what you might have wanted to know before you got into the industry, um, et cetera. So for me, the question is like, what do you kind of wish that you'd known before you started out in the industry? If there's a couple of things that you could say to somebody new in the industry or somebody, someone now that can still learn. Ooh, what would you, what do you wish you'd known? Cause um, you kind of learn a lot from uh, like along the way, like, I think what we said, the biggest one is <clears throat> the preparation for the auditions, for specific auditions. I wish I had a bit more knowledge, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, a bit more knowledge and tools that I was a bit more prepared going into some of my auditions. Also, keep going. Don't give up. There's all, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, as they said. Um, and just be dedicated and also be good person as well like you know being a performer i think it's really important like yeah. to just be kind that is great advice 
That is really great advice. I totally agree with all of that. Perfect. So if you were listening to that, they are the great things. Yes. And I think that's very specific for being a performer. Like I say, those, those yeah. auditions are what's going to get you the work, right? So work hard and pay attention to that part of your craft yes, and absolutely. the rest yeah. should, should blossom. If you were still a performer, let's say you were still a singer and you weren't, you know, um, <laughs> 12 foot tall, <laughs> just kidding. Um, what would your dream role be? What would you always wanted to, to be in? What show or, or what's your you know, dream role or dream job the within day, the industry? I, I was like, I'm not done. And she's like, oh, really? I said, no, I see myself back on a stage. I did, like, I do. I would love, I'd love to do like singing with a big band. I like, that is my dream. So it's not necessarily, I would love to be. I'd love to be in a musical. There's so many amazing roles. And like, I, I'm dying <laughs> yeah, to be like, alpha, I mean, I would love happen. to be in the color purple, <laughs> but babe, being like, you know, it's never going to happen for you, babes. Um, yeah, the color purple, uh, Chicago. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I would. That is, I that see is you as a great one that I would love to do. The sass behind it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It would be a dream. It would be a dream. Yeah. But like. Well, you can put them they on at, at home for your family during like, this pandemic. You, you know, live your, live your best life. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Final question. You kind of already touched it with what you'd known about starting out, but um, the advice you'd give to someone who's wanting to enter the entertainment industry, um, yes. specifically for you. No. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry, I thought it disappeared. Um, specifically, obviously, you've worked within the cruising industry um, and that kind of sector. What would your advice be on how to get into that industry? The advice um, would almost you know, be how to, how to do talking that. to my younger self a little bit as well. Like, what advice would I give myself? And it is about confidence and it is about believing in yourself. And it is about putting yourself out there and working hard. Um, but like the advice to my younger self is just to kind of be a little bit gentler with myself, be a bit kinder to myself. My confidence was always a little bit lacking. And I'm like, you know, your strength is all within yourself, your your own worth and what you see in yourself. That's your superpower. So don't need to be anybody else. Just be authentically you. Yeah. And I think you've touched on that throughout this uh, yeah. podcast. Be uh, authentic to yourself. So that is a really Thanks, positive Aaron. takeaway from this. So thank you so much. It has been an absolute uh, delight to talk with you, Judith, uh, and I'm sure everybody listening uh, will have loved your stories and your insight. Um, I know that you'll continue to be successful, um, and I'm really happy to have you as a friend and a colleague and continue that journey, and hopefully down the line we'll be able to reconnect. <laughs> oh, I don't know if we could tell any of our stories. stories on here, Darren. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you mean um but thank you very much um everybody listening if there was a live audience here they would thanks, go wild Darren, this has been Judith amazing Ray. thanks for having thank me thank you so much thanks for joining you me too. take care thank you you take care stay Bye. safe thanks again for joining me on industry insights with dpds it's been a pleasure having you we will see you next week for our next episode where i'll be interviewing more entertainment industry professionals sharing their stories until then you can follow me on instagram facebook and all the links will be provided in this podcast until then enjoy your morning afternoon or evening and most of all stay safe